Good afternoon. Hello there, Simon. Hello there, Sam. How are you? Right, let, me, let me just turn off the, the mainframe. Okay. What's that piece of music you were listening to? That was uh, Do You Believe by Cher. Was it? I tell you what, I would imagine that all across uh, Europe this summer, there'll be people coming out of um, uh, branches of uh, the Apple Store where they've been trying out the latest technology and listening to all the strange computer bleeps and everything. Yeah. And I, I bet all along the the high street or whatever it is, the equivalent in Europe, um, where all the Apple stores are, they'll all be listening to that piece of music, won't they? Well, I think I think it lends itself to um to that kind of that kind of audience, to be honest. I, I, it's almost as if you've read my mind there because um Yeah. You asked me how I was. I'm okay, but I've, I've, I'm a bit upset actually because I've had to spend a fortune on Apple cables. Oh um, no! Why is that? Is it? Oh, it's just it's a nightmare trying to link up a new MacBook with uh, with a relatively old um, iMac because I want mm. I want to use my 27 inch iMac screen as like a second overspill screen for my new uh, MacBook Touch Bar. But you yeah. need a lightning. No, you don't. You need a Thunderbolt three to Thunderbolt two adapter, and oh, a male to male Thunderbolt two cable to hook them up. And I've got I've got both of those now, and they're still not talking to each other. So I've I no. think my um I oh, know my adapter's faulty, so I've had to shell out another mm. thirty two pounds for a new Apple adapter to see if it's that. But oh. it's funny you should say that because I went in an Apple store the other day and I said can I get a male to male adapter? And they just kind of looked at me with, with like disgust uh, as if, you know, we, we live in a world where male to male adapters don't exist. But people would like to think, some people would like to think that, but it's 2020. Okay. I I need, I need a male to male adapter. You're going to judge me for it. Pardon my French, but you can jolly well take a frigging hike. Absolutely. That's right. I mean, you know, we, we live in a more liberal time now. I mean, you know, we, we've we've spent, you know, years in the kind of the, you know, the patriarchy expecting that there's just male and female connectors. But yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, we live in a world now where there's male to male connectors, there's female to female connectors. There's connectors that, that, that have no male or female. They're, they're um, fluid. fluid. Yeah, connector fluid. Um, you know, there's 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 a lot of um, you know, different types of connections, you know, you don't always push them to fit. Sometimes they're kind of quite loose fits. Sometimes they just attract and yeah. you don't even know why they're attracting, you know, I mean, and that's, that's the world of electronics nowadays. And I don't understand why people. And you know, Apple, I, they, mm. they invented that the MagSafe um, connector. So it just, mm. it, it literally attracts it to the power of attraction connects mm. it to your computer i'm looking at mine mine now and you'd think apple would be more liberal as you say but yeah um yeah it, it's just been a shit show How, how's your week been well not not too bad i was uh, i was in avebury um a few days ago which was fascinating um you know avebury where there's the uh, the stone circle um it's just off the a303 oh, yeah, uh, it's it's near Stonehenge, but it's just it's it's kind of well, it's kind of near Salisbury Hill. But I was uh, walking around the, the the stone circle, and a druid appeared to me from a cloud of light. Mm. 
which is kind of odd because I wasn't expecting that. And uh, he told me that he travelled through time um, in order to tell me that the the Avery Stones were an astrological timepiece that would predict when all of the major clusters in the universe of, of galaxies would align. Um, and um, it was more uh, accurate than an atomic clock. So... Um, you know what I said to him, don't you? I said not only uh, was your Avery Stones uh, not the best um, uh, accurate uh, timepiece in the in the uh, country, they weren't even the best circle of stones in Avery. It would have worked if you if you'd compared on a similar like point if you both said that they were timepieces yeah. rather than a circle of stones, but. A lovely sentiment there. So, is, what did you have an atomic clock with you, or? Yes, I did. Yeah, I had one in the oh, back pocket. In the yeah. boot. Oh, no, yeah, I mean, pocket. I literally started writing that at about seven minutes to four. So, you know, <laughs> it, obviously, it needs a little bit of work, doesn't yeah, it? We, given that it's, we can, yeah. Maybe at the end of the episode, we'll have another well, run through, and I can edit we'll it back. Yeah, I mean, it, on the very first episode we did this it, in season one, it worked really well, didn't it? But yeah. it, it's like the law of diminishing returns with that joke, isn't it? it just, yeah, oh, it's a burden now. <laughs> it is, <laughs> yeah. But we have to work it in for the fan. And um, For the fan, yeah. We yeah. do have a fan at the minute, haven't we? We've got three people listening, so that means you and me and Modern Morrissey. Yeah, yeah. Is he's, that right? he's tuned back in. Um, good, good for modern Morrissey. Is he a friend of ours, or is he is he like a, a person? Well, that I think know us? I think he's um, he's not recording any new material, and most of the tour is off. Mm. There were rumours of some Polish dates at the end of summer, but they've not they've not been sort of mentioned mm. since then. So we can assume you know that are. Morrissey. You know Morrissey. Yeah. He's what, a from mystery. Manchester. Oh yeah, yeah he's our he, theme today. It's is, mystery. It's mystery. That's what That's it is. That's right. It is absolutely mystery. That's right. And, of course, we've got a running order for this episode, haven't we? Yep, we do. Uh, we're currently on the chat section of the running order. And Excellent. then we, we, uh, the second thing, I won't spoil it. Um, no. We're going to include that. <laughs> oh, dear. Bless you. It came out of nowhere. Did, did you have a mask on? No, I didn't. I, ma- I just managed to catch it in my elbow, though. Oh, good, because, you know, like I say, we, we are, I mean, I am two metres away from you, plus about another 130 miles. Um, but, yeah. Are you still still uh, gallivanting around uh, the south coast, or am I allowed to yes. say where you're gallivanting? I'm, I'm gallivanting in Hampshire. I don't want to be any more specific oh. than that, but I'm gallivanting around in Hampshire. I've been to Chichester today, which was very yeah. lovely. Um, that, was, that was interesting. And um, I'm going on a steam train tomorrow. Rather like the character go, from la, last week. To go week. where? Um, from, uh, uh, from Arlesford to uh, Alton and back again. Would it not uh, be quicker just to get a normal train? Um, it would be just quicker to drive, to be perfectly honest, but it's it's more steamy and, and more diesel if I go that way. Um, but it, it's, it's rather like our character from last week that we uh, interviewed, whose name escapes me. Yeah, I can't remember. I think we could barely remember the name on the day, but um, yeah, he seemed to enjoy steam trains an awful lot. He did. He did seem to get quite steamed up about it. He did. And of course, course, if you um, if you do suffer from erectile dysfunction, there are various blue tablets that you can take. Not just any blue tablet, of course. Um, No. No. 
I'd, I'd probably avoid um, random blue tablets and finding out yeah. what they do. But. I have to say that if I'm any doubt as to where to buy um, tablets to cure erectile dysfunction, obviously the number one place to go would be Costco. Absolutely. Because uh, as you know, Costco have a, a vast range of um, cut price medicines, wholesale medicines as well. Yeah, you can so, buy them in bulk. You can buy them in bulk, yeah, and they've got quite a bit of heft to them as well. When you when you when you bring the box of Viagra, uh, not that I need it, obviously, but you know when no. you bring the box home, you know it is quite quite hefty. You yeah, know, it's got quite a bit of girth to it. So I mean, that, that's already. Uh, well, the uh, danger is is that carrying that volume of um, mm. uh, uh, I won't use the the Viagra word, um, but yeah, the blue pills is that you could put your back out doing that, and then you know it's mm. pointless even having the pills because even the slightest movement you know if you've got a twinge yeah you you're, you're out of action aren't you well if you can't stand up erect i mean you know you just can't do it can you exactly <laughs> that was just literally to press the button to see if it still worked so no oh, i thought it was funny um i've got some um <laughs> i've got some mystery so like because have you yeah, rather rather than like being a stringently planned episode as as they uh, so often are, I yes. thought we could spend just a bit of time talking about mysteries. Now I've got um, go on then, got, do do us a mystery then. Do you want um, do you want goat eats a man's uh, goat eats man's head, or do you want uh, what was the other one? Goat eats a man's oh, or a Polish parrot uh, stops a burglar. Go go eats a man's hand. We'll do that one. Head. Head eats a man's hand. Yeah. I, I may have told this one before, but I actually, you know what? I was kind of yeah. banking on you picking the other one because I'm 99% sure I've told you about this. It was the one where it was on a veranda and uh, this old mm. bloke was kicking this goat all its life. Do you remember that mm. one? I don't know. Was that was that in one of the earlier episodes? I think so. Um, I'll tell it again. Basically, there's this goat that... Uh, yeah. You know, there's this old fella, he runs a farm, um, mm -hmm. but he gets too old for it. So he just has this pet goat and he has it tied up on the veranda on the porch. And yes. um, guy, he's a nasty piece of work. And he kicks on the porch. Yeah, he's, he's on, on the porch. On the porch. It's just a West Country porch. He's He were on the porch. And, um, on the porch, was he? Yeah. Well, guy, he gives this goat a kick in, Simon. He really does. And like this, this goat's not happy with him. But right, it's only okay. a little goat. What can a goat do? So anyway, he's a he's out there uh, watering his his flower beds, and they're on the yeah. other side of the railing of his porch, and uh, he's porch, leaning yeah. over, watering them. And this goat seizes the opportunity, and uh, mm -hmm. it butts him in the butt. He flies over and um, breaks his neck. So the goat's yeah. got his revenge, and his head's still poking on the porch. And of course, this uh, this duck, not duck, a goat. They're quite yeah, similar, aren't goes. they? They are, aren't they? Yes, they're very similar uh, in 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 the features and the sound of the word. Yes, and, and also the the heart beating and the and the um, sentience. Well, this this goat's got no one to feed it now, so it eats the man's brain. Oh, oh my God, that's yeah. that and is... that's absolutely true. That's in my big book of weird weird uh, mysteries. Has that been peer assessed? That book. Um. I don't know what that means, but on the cover, it's got a picture mm. of a woman who smuggled loads of snakes in her bikini. And um, mm. this one's quite interesting, actually. So she's up well, there it, on this flight. 
Well, I was going to say it must be true if it's got a picture of a woman smuggling snakes. In yeah, it's sort of done up like a tabloid newspaper, so you can trust them. Uh, so there's this woman, right? And uh, she she goes abroad, and uh, yes. this, this dodgy character um, mm. makes a proposal to her, and he says to her, like, look, mm. I've got a load of snakes that need shifting. They're really yeah. rare ones. Mm. Um, I need them moving back to the UK. Um, yeah. I've been done for this before, so they know all the places that I hide the snakes. I don't want to go okay. into it and that, but like they make me squat and cough and whatever. Um, they make so they, you do, do what, sorry? They make you squat and cough? Yeah, yeah, just to see if any snakes fall out. Um, of what? His anus. It's run that by me again. So what, what, this, what this guy had been doing was he'd been yeah. smuggling animals over them, over yeah. borders, like for the illegal pet trade. Yeah, um, in his in his cavity, um, in his, and they were, sedated. Passage, yeah. they were sedated. Yeah. Um, that's what well, I think the, the snakes were sedated. It. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he would sedate the snake, insert the rare snake in. Anyway, the, the story is not really about him. How do you get a snake in there if it's sedated? Um, I think you just feed it blue pills and they they harden up. <laughs> <laughs> well, just before it's sedated. Uh, I think, yeah, you just do like a cocktail of sedatives and uh, Viagra. And so then you whack a load of, get a job lot of them at Costco. Whack a load of Viagra into the snake, get it all nice and snit, stiff, then sedate it while it's still stiff. Yes, I believe yeah, then, that's the, the method. And then um, whack it up. There. Are they big snakes? Are they like boa constrictors and stuff? No, no, I think they're like the, the rare little ones because the big, the big ones are easy to find, aren't they? So it's like the little vi- ones. Like vipers, like little vipers and adders and stuff. Yeah, like, like little that. little fuckers that dart around and everything. That's why you have to state them. Um, anyway. What, just, so, just one or like several? I, do you know what? Haven't you got, I don't know the exact statistic. It's a mystery to me, but don't right. you have enough guts in you to like stretch from here to the moon or something? Is that the uh, fact? I don't know about I don't know about you. <laughs> I don't I don't think I have that many guts. But but I mean if you if you whack them all up your guts that would that would Yeah, be well there's problem. plenty of storage space and um I guess as yeah. the uh as the stiffening agents wear off then they can sort of work. Anyway, so there's this woman there. This guy's like, "Look, I I might yeah. fed up of them constantly checking my passage. You're going to have to smuggle these snakes on on a on a plane." Come mm. back to England, and I'll, yeah. I'll give you your cut through uh, PayPal or Venmo or Cash App or whatever. Yeah. Um, so PayPal, she goes, "All right, mm. I've got an idea." So mm. she, she goes, he, "He says, look, how many snakes can you manage?" And she's mm. like, well, "How many have you got?" Sort of thing. He's like, "Oh, hang on, mm. um, hang on." Uh, so she she hides these snakes, and mm. she buys a really large bra and yeah. hides all of these uh, little little adders and vipers and and mm. like little mischievous snakes in her bra um, yeah so she they use the sedatives on them she gets on the plane and when they get up high enough the uh the sedatives start wearing off on these snakes and right um, the the air this is absolutely true uh the air hostesses and hosts um mm. sort of see her breasts writhing around in a very snake-like fashion and you know yeah. she's she's starting to get nervous and then mm. they ask her what's going on she tries to lie saying like oh i had the implants done it's the mm. altitude making them rumble around it always happens you know yeah yeah like, yeah sort of pulsating uh in in the plane in, um, the, in the chestal in the chestal area 
yeah and and then um then this little snake pops mm. its head out of uh of her collar and then they're like hmm that's that's not normally that's what they fill breasts no. with they, they use um it's but i think it's medical grade silicon uh, uh rather than i said it was chicken breast i thought well, it was chicken I, breast that they use no it's um it's it's better than diy grade silicon because that can make you ill and uh oh right well because chicken breast is is quite a natural substance, and I'd have thought that, and that would graft, wouldn't it? You know, the chicken breast would yeah. graft to the in, inside of the chest. You me of another one. Chestal cavity, yeah. Well, anyway, they caught the oh, woman. Yeah. And she got locked up because um, they found out that she didn't have snake-filled tits and that they were missing snakes <laughs> and and so yeah. forth. But the chicken yeah. breast, another interesting one. You can oh, yeah. you can see why I didn't plan any of this because I've just remembered this now. Um, so imagine yeah. this, right? Little old woman lives on her own, no family, so uh, so to speak of, and um, yeah. you know she's she's a bit of a dotty old lady, you know, a bit right, kooky. Okay. Everyone yeah. sort of thinks like, oh, she's you know, she's yeah. a little old lady sort of thing, um, and she starts getting forgetful. Um, mm. So like she gets a letter through saying, "Oh, uh, go for your go for your checkup um, at the doctor's." Yeah. Uh, so she pops right. up to the doctors, and, uh, mm. and they like they say like, "All right, yeah, we're going to examine you now." Blah blah blah. Right. And they think they think that uh, she says like, "Oh, you know, I'm quite forgetful now. I'm sort of memory's not good." So they send her off for one of those um, MRI scans. Uh, oh yeah, MRI scan. Yeah, that's where they they put you in that donut, don't they? That metal yeah, donut. Yeah, it slices you up like cheese. That's and, right, and then they feed you to swans. That's right, and um, that's the one there. <laughs> so I get confused between swans and goats. Um, so she yeah. she has the scan, and they're like, "Oh God, um, yeah. your, your your mind seems to be fine." It's uh, we found like a dark a dark patch on the um on the on your scan, and this woman's like, "Oh God, oh no, what what's going on?" And yeah. Yeah, all she wants to do is just be back home. Sitting on her favourite chair, doing a like um, cross stitch. Crosswords, a crossword. Cross stitch, crosswords, crossfit. Cross sticks. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <laughs> she, so she, she's like, "Oh God, what, what's wrong? Is it like in my lung?" And they're like, "No, um, you've got this dark uh, shadow on the scan on on your ass." And they look at, they have a look at her ass. Um, oh God, this and, is going to be horrible, isn't it? And they're like, "Oh." God, man, like this tumor on her right ass cheek. She's got. She's like. They're like, yeah, we think you've got bum cancer. So um, <laughs> she don't laugh at that side, man. It's a very serious thing. <laughs> you made that up, haven't you? No, it's legit. My brother thought he had bum cancer. It turns out he just had loads of ribena. He was like literally <laughs> shit scared for weeks when we were kids. He he, he didn't want to tell anyone. He was so scared. Um, anyway, probably shouldn't right. admit that on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you have, I think, to 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 at least one person. So Sorry, we can edit that out. My secret yeah. sacred Morrissey. Yeah, um, but note to self: cut the bum cancer reference. Yeah, or just the reference to my brother. I'm fine with the bum cancer. It's a serious thing that needs to be talked about. Um, yeah, of course it's so anyway. Yeah. This lady, she's like, oh god. Um, so the doctor, um, the doctor surgeon even says like oh you know mm. we can hope hopefully we can remove it um but yeah. it does look like an absolute mess back there like of baboons or something and um, <laughs> and and then um so 
they go to operate. And yeah. She's she's um she's on a local anaesthetic. She's yeah. lying on the side because it's too unsafe to give her a general at her age. Yeah. But, um, she's like getting really stressed out, and then they say they start to operate. Mm. And he starts cutting away at this um this oh. lump uh, yeah. on her ass. Yeah. So I'm gonna pause the story there and go back about yeah. three months, right? So what yeah. she done? Remember, I said she was a dotty old lady. So she yeah. she'd got some uh, chicken out of the freezer uh, to defrost, yeah. and had put it because her chair was next to the window. And put this um, plate of of chicken on frozen chicken on the chair to defrost. Well, she forgot about it. She sat where she used to just sit in her chair all the time. No family, doesn't go anywhere. She gets her food delivered by Tesco. Sort of like lockdown life. Am I right or am I right? You're right. Thank you. Um, mm. uh, she'd been she'd forgotten and she'd just been sitting down in a in in this um, sort of slowly rotting um, chicken. So you can imagine we're going to go back to the <laughs> operating theatre. Yeah. And uh, the doctor says like we're going to have to stop this operation. Uh, she mm. says, why? And he said, um, have you uh, been defrosting any chicken? She's like, I can't remember. He said, I think you have. Because what's happened is over weeks and weeks of you sitting on the chicken, your mm. body has sort of like almost engulfed, enveloped the chicken and has, um, and has uh, formed like a, a casing around it, sort of like a bum, like a Kiev, I guess, um, <laughs> where where her skin is like the breadcrumb of it and she and this it sort of like incorporated this uh slowly rotting chicken breast into her ass and they they removed it and she was fine and she all she'd done was you now she had a bit of a scare and um after that they said mm. make sure when you put your chicken out to defrost you do it on the countertop rather than on your favorite chair you dotty old war so i was oh here we are So let, let's let's unpack that one then, yeah? Let's unpack yeah. that. So, first of all, the chicken Kiev um, uh, has uh, garlic butter inside it. So your well, your it was, Kiev... rot- it was sort of rotting, so sort of some kind of juice. Well, yeah, but that's that's not that's not a chicken Kiev. It's not a rotten chicken, is it? Is it? I, have I asked it's you this before? Can you Kiev other meats? I think you probably can, but in but the analogy that that her chi- frozen chicken breast had become like a Kiev breaks down when we when we under you know, pressure under scrutiny. Sorry, sorry, I, I, was, I, was, sort of like I almost went. I almost went a bit like uh, Jonathan Creek there. So uh, yeah. for a second, um, and of course, you know, the, but the murderer would have known that it was a door, but was it a door? Uh, but it wasn't. What, and then I got was to it thinking, a Kiev? Was it a Kiev? And then I thought, no, it couldn't be a Kiev. And then I thought the murderer would know that. Um, uh, so the other thing is this idea that if you sat on a, a on a chicken, that your bum would encase it in skin. So she well, sat on it naked, did she? Well, I, I don't want to go into details, but she, she was very forgetful. She might have been wearing a dress and maybe like forgotten to put on undies or something. Like it was a mess in her house. And um, and it had gradually, her, her bum she's... had gradually enveloped the chicken. I think so. Why, I mean, why is without it... going into too many details, she probably had sores, open wounds that um that may have welcomed the the chicken. In, I mean, if you if you if you constantly sat down all the time and sat on a cushion, is your yeah. ass then going to envelop the cushion? Well, no, because as you were saying earlier, that reminded me of it. Chickens are very natural thing. Um, it's meat-based, and so is the old lady's ass. So, 
they they sort of they they forged a bond, a bond that had to be yeah. certainly broken. Well, that's right. I mean, there, I I can't think of any other examples where a human might come into contact with chicken breast in any other way than just sitting on it. I mean, <laughs> they wouldn't swallow it, would they? So, uh, well, not it's hardly... for hours and hours in the same place. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I defy you to say, like, if, you, if you've if left a chicken breast on your arm for, say, three weeks and had like, your whole body weight on that and an open wound on your arm, would it not incorporate? Uh, I think you'd have probably got gangrene at that point and uh, your arm would have fallen I off said, anyway. It looked like a... It looked like a fucking baboon's ass, Simon. It was gangrenous. It was. They had to. She's got one flat cheek now. Did you get this out of your your um super sun soar away sun book? Yeah, it was in in my book of uh, weird mysteries. To be honest, it's not even a mystery now. It's solved. Uh, yes, it is, isn't it? Yeah, scientifically, so it, it even fails at that particular level. That it's not even a mystery. Was it, it's not it's not the Sunday sport by any chance, is it? No, it's um. It, I tell you what, if you want to look it up, it's by a man called Jeff Tibbles. Um, yeah. I can't remember the exact name of the text itself. Only it's fantastic author who compiled it. Oh, there's, yeah. there's it's split into different sections. I recommend it to anyone. It's a couple of quid on eBay. My copy right. actually. Um, I was camping in Norfolk during the tail mm. end of a hurricane. And um, mm. my tent blew in in the night and I couldn't be asked to get up. I was, I was feeling a bit ropey. So yeah. my tent blew in and water ruined my copy of it. So I had to buy two new copies of it just so that I can, you know, still read my weird uh, mysteries. That is certainly mysterious. I mean, if anyone was to uh, accuse this episode of not being about mystery, I think you've definitely there you've nailed the flag to the wall haven't you with that one haven't you that this is indeed a mystery episode definitely a mysterious podcast it is very mysterious yeah let's do an item and and bring it back down to earth Um, what what item should we do have we have we got a quiz this week i don't think we've got even got a quiz we've got a lovely tisdale we've got a post-it uh should we make i tell you what we can make up a quiz yeah go on then how about that? Let's let's just like literally make up a quiz because. Uh, right. So you um, ask me a question and then I ask you a question and the first one to get one right ends the yeah. quiz. Or something like that. Yeah. All right. I yeah. tell you what. Have you ever have you ever heard of a program called um, on the radio called Fighting Talk? No. All right. So basically, Fighting Talk is where you get like four sports journalists or personalities, and it's all really alpha. And what happens is. The, the host um, poses a question like, you know, Jurgen Klopp celebrated, you know, Liverpool winning the Premier League. Yeah. But, you know, what's your favourite celebration of winning a trophy? And then each of the uh, the journalists or personalities around the table then launches into their answer. And every time uh, they say something clever or interesting or funny or profound, they get a... Uh, like a, a noise or something, oh, and so the I, the idea is 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 how many points can they um, accumulate over like thirty seconds uh, in in their sort of response? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so basically, I'll ask you a question, 
and then you have to uh, come up with something interesting and clever and, and profound to say about it. And every time you do, I'll I'll give you a. And every time you say something stupid and boring and uh, inane, I'll go like that. How about that? Yeah, I mean, go by my track record today. I should I should do a smashing job. That's right. So Avebury is is one of the most mystical places in Great Britain. Yeah. But what's but what's the most mystical place you've ever been in Britain and why? You have 30 seconds starting now. Most mysterious place I've ever been to is in Norfolk and it was an old house that was beside the campsite that we used to go on. So anyway, we had our beans and our breakfast. Um, we used a dual camping stove. And, um, we used to walk past this house every day and um, it was uninhabited. And then in the evening, it would be dark due to the time of the year. More beans and like sort of bacon sarnies, I'd say, from a dual hob camping stove. Anyway, so we looked in this house and found out um, that it wasn't uninhabited. Uh, the owner had lost a child. Um, yeah, they they'd um they were just in the house with no lights on. Um, their their child had died and they were I think they were infirm. So that was pretty mysterious. We got to the bottom of that one. Do you know what your school school was? Your school was minus eighteen. That was more inane than it was interesting. That's right. So now what happens is you now ask me a question. And I'll try and answer it, and then we'll see what score I get. Okay. Um, all right. You've all heard of the uh, of the Scottish ghost, the screaming banshee. But uh-huh. what's, but what's the um, what's the least popular mysterious figure of folklore that you've ever heard of? <clears throat> uh, okay. So um, I was on a camping holiday in Norfolk. And uh, it was a really, really dark night. And I looked out of the uh, um, uh, tent because I wanted to see whether I could see the Milky Way. And I looked up and there was this horrible face staring at me. And it was the farmer of death. And uh, he said to me, what are you doing here in my field? And so I said to him, I don't know. I, I, I thought I'd got permission from the landowner. And we'd had a conversation on the phone and he assured me that it was okay to wild camp in his field. Hmm. And then the farmer of death said, oh, I'm really sorry. Um, I didn't realise you'd already rung up and uh, I'll leave you to it then. Bye. Uh, there we go. I, it looks like I scored plus 18. Yep. Yep. You no, did. very you good. Quiz. I did, didn't I? Yeah. Sorry, someone tried to call in in the middle of that. Um, Did they really? Yeah, someone called Smart Choice. Um, Oh, yeah. Maybe he was a fan fan of it as well and didn't find it inane or boring. Um, Well, maybe he just thought that we were in some quality scripted item and that he probably or she would probably better not interrupt it. There there was nothing to suggest otherwise. No, that wasn't, was there? 
Um, but yeah, we we did a quiz there, and we didn't even script that, so that worked really well, didn't it? I like that one. And um, now it's time. Should we do our Tisdale mystery or post-its? For another item. <laughs> See, that bit wasn't scripted either, was it? Otherwise you wouldn't no, have talked in the middle of it. I didn't realise how long the ticking went on no, for. No, I didn't realise either. It's just going no, on forever. It's not like, oh, you could imagine some kind of crazy German guy sitting in an insane asylum going tick-tock, tick-tock over and over again. I know, but, you know, that that's their legendary for that kind of thing. That would be quite a mysterious thing to do. It would be, wouldn't it, yeah. So um, it, post-its or it, Tisdale? Yeah. Okay. I might... I might uh, Combine both. I can't combine them. <laughs> okay. They're incompatible. Should I do the countdown thing again? Should I do the countdown thing again? It's the Tisdale Connection. It's the Tisdale Connection. What is the connection between today's topic and Ashley Tisdale? Oh yeah, listeners, now it's time for the Ashley Tisdale connection. Um, Today's connection is on the theme of mysteries. Mm. So, um, I wanted to talk about the elephant in the room, the mystery of uh, Ashley Tisdale's uh, real death and the subsequent a replacing of Ashley Tisdale with uh, lookalike. Um, wow. Now, I've done some digging on uh, mm. on the fan forums. I had to set up another fake account because I got banned again for Tom Tittery. And um, uh, <laughs> I, I'd learned about this. So it says, yeah. on the album cover of the first mm. high school musical album, we see yeah. an array of characters from the movie, including mm. Sharpay Evans, played by Ashley Tisdale. Our first clue about the truth is that she stands directly below the letters H-L-L on the album cover. In palmistry, this acronym refers to the hand's lifeline. Now, she's the only cast member on the sleeve who's hiding her palm behind her head, uh, which suggests that her lifeline is being cut short and that the Disney Channel were trying to hide the fact that her life had ended and they'd replaced her with uh, an imposter. Mm. Um, now, also on the album cover, she seemed to be wearing six bracelets. Oh, now, yeah, of course. Yeah, the number six obviously represents the amount of feet underground, um, you know, being buried six feet under. Yes, uh, yeah. There's a little nod to give the true fans the, the truth. Um, mm. Now, she appears second from the right on a, on the album cover, which is a very yeah. deliberate choice because their positions were photoshopped after the picture was obtained. And as you mm. know, Paul McCartney was the second from the right on the infamous Sergeant Pepper album cover. Yes, yes, of course, yes. Now, Ashley can be seen wearing the colour white on her trousers and is the only member on the album uh, wearing that colour. And the colour mm. white is symbolic of the emptiness that she's left after she's passed over. Um, mm. It also... Show is a is a symbol of peace, uh, meaning that she's now at peace um, mm. now that she's she's passed away. Now the yeah. fact that there are only three sticks placed along the bass guitar shape on the grave in front of her on the album mm. uh, means that the bass guitar is one string short. You would expect four strings. There's only three, symbolically yeah. showing that the band is short of one member, Ashley yeah. Tisdale. Course, it's also yeah. interesting to note that Paul McCartney played bass on many of the songs on that soundtrack. Yes. 
If you look at the um, historical and fictional uh, cardboard cutouts of uh, characters in the background on the album cover, you mm. can see that the Grim Reaper is standing over Ashley. This also mm. signifies that she was the first Beatle to pass away and that the person representing her on the Sgt. Pepper album cover was a stand-in or a look-like. We're mm. going to move on to the High School Musical 2 album cover. Yeah. Um, and it's also rife with symbolism. Now, mm. Ashley's uh, walking with, um, well, she's walking in funeral procession fashion with the rest mm. of the Beatles, but somehow she doesn't fit in because mm. John, George and Ringo on the mm. High School Musical 2 album cover are all walking with their left foot forward, but Ashley has her right foot forward. And she's also walking barefoot, which in some cultures, uh, it refers to the fact that some cultures bury the dead shoeless. Um, oh, now, yeah, of course. She's... She's famous for being a left-handed bass player and um, her cigarette is actually being held in her non-dominant hand. We see her holding the cigarette in her right hand, showing that it's an imposter um, taking her place to earn the Disney Channel money after her fatal 1966 Aston Martin crash. Yes, of course, yes. So that's another mystery solved. Absolutely. That's incredible. I I have to say, I always thought that... um, when I saw Ashley Tisdale in, in the video for um, Kiss the Girl, which obviously was the, the Disney cover from Little Mermaid, yeah. she did look very, very different to the way she looked in uh, in the High School Musical 2 video for Fabulous. And you mm-hmm. would be forgiven to think they were two separate people. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think there is evidence out there to suggest that, uh, that that may well be true. Yeah, I, you can you can see it. The, the her bone structure is completely different. I mean, they they of course they use makeup to try and hide mm. that fact. But the Ashley yeah. that we see on Instagram, um, mm. in our copies of Cosmo, you know, it, it's not the original Ashley. Well, no, I mean to the extent that uh, you know, obviously the original round, uh, the the original Mount Rushmore carving of Ashley Tisdale has had to be altered. Because yeah. of that fact, and and obviously, you know, when you alter, you know, like a painting or a sculpture, then that's one thing. But if it's like a huge, like kind of uh, cliff face, then obviously that's a huge amount of work. But they they were prepared to do it just because they wanted the mm. correct likeness mm. of Ashley Tisdale for Mount Rushmore. Um, but to be honest, the the royalties yeah. and and like just the amount of money she must have pulled in for the Disney Channel at that time. Yeah, you know they st- they still must have made a fortune even whilst hiring <clears throat> standing. Well, she was Disney, wasn't she? Ashley was Disdale at, well, at, at one point. She was Disdale, were... wasn't she? <laughs> they were going to rename Disney Tisney because <laughs> Ashley was uh, so ingrained in the in the in the in the lore of Disney. In the law, yeah, in in the in the folklore of uh, of of the corporation, you know, she was uh, in every territory. Yeah. You think you think uh, Disney? You think cryogenics, anti-Semitism, Tisdale? You do in in that order, generally speaking, don't you? Because <laughs> Walt Disney had his head cut off and stuck in a freezer, didn't he? Apparently, that's um that's not true. He's he's not even frozen. That that was just a rumor. That oh, everyone believes, yeah. Oh, right. I didn't know. I'd, why would they not believe it? It sounds I think, plausible. 
Well, I think they actually had to cut his body up and bury it in the um, the Cuban government had to cut his body up and bury it in like six different unmarked sites just so that he wouldn't become a martyr and his grave wouldn't uh, like become a symbol of the revolution. That is very mysterious, actually, what you just said there. Mm. Um, but uh, but yeah, was it Ted Williams, the the uh, Boston Red Sox uh, baseball player? He he's cryogenically suspended, isn't he? I I'm not a baseballer. I don't. I, mm. I'm a I'm a simple man. I pr- I prefer um, uh, air hockey. Uh, and um, wasn't um, wasn't uh, Idina uh, um, uh, Menzel the singer? It hasn't she been uh, uh, cryogenically um, uh, frozen? Fucking hell! Oh no, no, she was just in frozen, wasn't she? Yeah. Have you seen that clip of John Travolta trying to say her name at that at some award ceremony? No, I haven't. Is it so comical? He, yeah, he's trying to read the tele prompter and he's doing all the spiel you know he's saying like, yeah. oh, children all over the world love frozen you know i'd like to uh, give yeah. this award to the wickedly talented he says it like that and then yeah. instead of saying adina menzel he just goes i'd like to uh, give this award to a devazim he said adelph dazim he is a scientologist isn't he oh they all are aren't they well they all are yeah Becky's, tom cruise one the one Becky. from um uh, what, 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 uh, Olaf from Frozen. Yep, yeah, he's a Scientologist. Um, yeah. The what's the woman? Right. So my mind is mulched today. Oh yeah. I'm going to trace it back. Right, Margaret Atwood, really famous, like the most famous Margaret Atwood one uh, about the Handmaid's Tale. That's it. And they made a TV series, and it's got the woman from Mad Men from Mad Men in it, and the invisible hollow man, and she's a Scientologist. There we go, we got there. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know. I'm a big fan of Mad Men, but uh, I've not I've not watched The Handmaid's Tale, so, um, yeah, no, I've not, not had a chance I've, to watch I've that. Seen, so. I've seen Mad Men, but not Handmaid's Tale too. In fact, I don't think I saw the end of Mad Men, because it got to that point where I was always out, and then um, yeah. Sarah ended up watching uh, a few episodes without me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she overtook, and I stopped watching it. I've just realised we're having a chat rather than trying to be entertaining. Chili Jelly and Spooky have just joined, just as I was about to do my Mad Men anecdote as well. Do your Mad Men anecdote, and then we'll do the interview, and then I won't read my story. No, 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 that's fine. You can read your story definitely. Um, I um, uh, when Mad Men finished, they like with a lot of these shows, they had a huge online auction. And yeah. uh, me and Suzanne bid for um, an item from uh, the uh, um, from the show. Um, would you like to try and guess what it was? Was it the chip um, and dip? No. I tell you what, I, I because the, this episode is all about mystery, I'm going to put that out there and see if any of our listeners can actually name the the item that me and my wife own. So there was something from oh, you won the auction. Yeah, that we won the auction for. There was something from Mad Men that we bought for $250, I think it was. What item do you think it was that we own that was in Mad Men? Okay, so that's the question. Uh, and at the end of the podcast, I will reveal which item it was that, that we bought for $250. Okay. And it's, and it's something that features in Mad Men in one of the seven seasons of Mad Men. 
and it isn't the chip and dip. It isn't the chip and dip. It isn't, uh, and I'll tell you now that it's not um, uh, Don Draper's Aviator specs. Oh, it's okay. not those. They were iconic, weren't they? How much did they go for? Oh, about seven thousand dollars, I think. Something ridiculous like that. Yeah. What are we doing next? Um, so we've got. Oh, I've got a post-it notes that was hastily put together. Uh, probably not a lot of value in that one, to be honest. Um, <laughs> That's very defeatist. <laughs> I'm sure it was very funny. Uh, and then we've got the interview, and we've also got the story, but the story's going to take ages too. Yeah, all right, what do you want to do then? You choose, I don't mind. Well, seeing I've sold it so short, it can only be a hit. I'm going to do the post-its, and then we'll do the interview to end on, yeah? Okay, and what about the story? Um... I might just uh, save that for next week or something. Or okay. man, I'll manage to uh, shoehorn it in somewhere. I um, noticed that in that discussion, our five listeners have gone down to three. So <laughs> I don't think they were terribly impressed. <laughs> no. Well, maybe I should. Maybe I need like a more American. I need like a more American style of um, of, of talking. Don't I? Like I should hype it up more, like with some whoops and some claps, but. Maybe we, we could, that. Why don't we do the entire episode in American accents, just like and make make it the American episode? I would love that. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay, guys. Right, right. What's up next in the podcast? Yeah, everyone. Come on. Yeah. I know we this need... podcast. It's great. It's so good. It's fantastic. Hey. So fantastic. So fantastic. Yeah, it's big. It's kind of huge. And, you know, everyone tells me it's huge. Modern Morrissey says we need more jingles. So um, yeah, we'd be, we'd, let's let's give him the post-it jingle. Do the post-it jingle. He likes jingles, doesn't he? People send in emails about Simon's past, and most of them involve a post-it note. Okay, so we we did have a text in this week uh, from someone whose name escapes me. There we are. So it's oh, yeah. Simon. We've had a text in sent from Lisa Candu. Um, saying the following. Mm -hmm. Hello, Simon. It's Lisa Candu. Actually, she's from America. Hello, Simon. It's Lisa Candu. You may remember my name from when you worked at the Candu Car Wash just outside of Vegas in 1984. <laughs> Business was tough as there was only one family people trusted their dirty cars with, the Dipsticks family. <laughs> Their secret mysterious formula for the car shampoo had built them a loyal customer base, and everyone who tried a dipstick's wash was immediately instilled with a strong brand loyalty despite a fairly weak wax after a shampooing. Simon, as you know, I'm just a simple can-do girl from Missouri who started off soaping up and buffing down friends' bicycles for coin. It's not within my remit to devise a branding strategy so strong that I could have crowbarred that dipstick's business from their sudsy hands. It was your task to think of a way to get cars through our rollers, and you told me the less I knew about your plan, the better. But you assured me that you had a stunt to pull just so crazy it might work. <laughs> Soon enough, posters of a mysterious, brightly colored disc floating above my car wash festooned the lampposts of the Vegas Strip. People started visiting from miles around to try and catch a glimpse of the unidentified flying object. Yeah. Simon, I soon realized what you had done when I saw your vehicle 
parked out back, way out back, so far out back. Somehow it was out back, man. Somehow you had managed to stick a round sheet of brightly colored paper inside the windscreen of your Hillman Superminx estate and took a photograph from the inside of the car. The angle of the glass made the circle appear oval-shaped, tricking the good Las Vegans into thinking under false pretenses that a UFO had been sighted above my car wash as a way to drum up some interest. The only thing I didn't understand was how you had gotten a disc of paper so brightly colored and so sticky to remain on the inside of the glass in the Las Vegas heat. Was it stuck on with glue? I'm sure you remember, Simon. I confronted you and simply replied, it's not a neon disc of paper stuck on with glue. It's a mystery. And if you identify the object, then you can't call it a UFO. And it most certainly isn't a post-it note. Wow, that was intense. I have to say that it isn't true. It's bollocks. But but because it was such a good story, I'm going to say it was true. So it was true. It was true. It was absolutely 100%. Well, not near enough true. It was 100% true. And, and it was mystery. a post-it note that you'd stuck to the inside window of the Hillman Superminx. Not one element of the story was was hokum. If you say so, that's exactly what I did. Fair enough. <laughs> it's, incre- it's an incredible story. Some some would say it was a tall story, but... Uh, but well, no, that's the mystery. It's, it's normal height. So, yeah, that's very, very good. I very much enjoyed that. Shall we do the interview then? You've got a new jingle for that one. It should keep... Um, it should keep Morrissey happy. It should do, yeah. Morrissey will be very pleased when he hears this jingle, I should think. <clears throat> and so this is an interview which we recorded with Hinton Ampner. Um, yeah, Morrissey likes that. Uh, this was re- uh, recorded some time ago, wasn't it, with Hinton Ampner, the yep. um, the uh, curator of the uh, Museum, Museum of, Mysteries, of, mis- yeah. of the Mysteries. Yes, that's right. And, and this is his jingle. Uh, I am Hinton. I am Hinton Abner, curator of the Museum of the Mysterious. Will you come in? You can if you want. But beware, before you are things more mysterious than the human mind can comprehend. Hello, Sam. Is that you, Sam, there? Are you there, Sam? Yes, it's me. I'm here, Hinton. How are you? Hello, Sam. I'm fine. I'm very fine. Very fine indeed. Thank you very much. Lovely of you to ask me. You've come in today to uh, talk to us. I've definitely come in. I have come right in. (laughs) To talk to us about the Museum of Mysteries. Yes, that too. Yes, I have. Thank you, Sam. Yes, I'm uh, Hinton Ampner, curator of the Museum of Mystery. I'm also an antiques dealer. I have a shop uh, in um, Emsworth called Nicks and Knacks. And out the back is my Museum of Mystery. For in there you will find many things that are mysterious. Mysteries, mysterious objects, things that do not bear any questioning at all until you question them and then will they give up their mysteries who knows um now the local the local people in your locale um call you mr mystery 
but your Hinton. name is Hinton Ampner. Hinton Ampner, yes. That is I've never met name. a Hinton before. I'm one of the Emsworth Ampners, and uh, my father, who was the seventh uh, Earl of Emsworth, um, gave me the name Hinton because it came from his favourite book, Anne of Green Gables, and uh, he wanted me to have the name uh, as, a, as an homage, so to speak, to oh, the lovely. wonderful Ellen Montgomery novel, uh, Anne of Green Gables, which, of course, is set on Prince Edward Island and features no car chasers whatsoever. So you could say, we've just solved another mystery. Yes, Sam, in your own... In your own sweet way, you have indeed solved a mystery that it was literally seconds in the making. Um, and, uh, do, do you get annoyed if visitors ever come in with solutions to your mysteries in the museum? Well, I, I always ask anyone who dares to enter the Museum of Mystery, do they dare to solve? Do they think that they have the wit, the brain power enough to be able to solve. Are you okay? To be able to solve these mysteries, you have a cough. I, I noticed immediately because I have superpowers of hearing. And they come in and they say, um, how much is it to get in? I say a fiver. And then they say, I've got uh, some change and I go, go on then, you can go in. But do you want to solve a mystery? They say yes. And I give them a piece of paper with questions on, the kiddies love it. And then they have to tick the boxes if they think they have solved the mystery. And then when they come out, if they have solved the mysteries, I give them a packet of polos. That's good. Yes. Um, uh, how much do uh, polos, what are they, about 70p now? About, yes. It's a mystery. I get them wholesale from Costco, so <laughs> the unit price must be at least 17 pence a pack. But you oh. have to buy 400,000 in one go. Very mysterious I, I had the way to, you keep those in your antiques workshop. I had to buy a huge flatbed truck in order to get them back. And it was a mysterious price, too. I would have thought you would have used a Volkswagen Polo. Oh, Sam. But they're your, far too small. Your humour does run away with you. But do you have the cojones to make it into the Museum of Mystery out the back of my shop? Well, um, I'm certainly intrigued. I want to know what your best mystery is. What's your top mystery is what I'm trying to well, ask you. Well, I have three mysteries here, some of which I've actually written down. Others I'll have to make up as I go along. Um, on my podcast, which is called Hinton Ampner's uh, Museum of Mystery, I have detailed several. Um, the first, I think the one that got the most feedback was the house that cried tears. Are you ready for this? Oh, I'm more than ready. I'd love to hear Good. That. Well, then be ready for this um, and allow me time to find the mysterious sound that I will play while it's going on. Yep, Hold we've, on we've got second. ample time. We're... There we know. Stop. That's a mysterious sound. It was an alert. It was, it, was, it was an alert setting on my Samsung Galaxy tab. Right, okay, hold on a sec. Our mysterious music is now playing. Do you know, Sam? <laughs> sh shut up, don't laugh. I'm, I'm trying to get myself into it. It sounds you... like the opening of Man in the Mirror. Yes, I think it may well be. 
Do you know, Sam, of the mystery of the house that cried tears? No. No, good. Uh, so I'll tell you, in the village of Ovington, there is a house that used to be a detention house for French prisoners of war before they were transferred to the Assizes at Arlesford. One soldier held there was a disciple of a Huguenot death cult called the Syrop de Citron. Legend has it that as he left the house to go to the Assizes to be hanged for being a French officer, the house cried tears. Oh. Yes, did you like that one? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to rationalise it. Um, Could it not have been a plumbing fault or like some kind of boilers? Or it rained or something, I don't know. Maybe somebody left the tap running. But it's um, a mis- it is a mystery, though, isn't it? You have to agree. Yeah, well, there's no way of finding out what the plumbing was like on that day, you know, unless you look for a local plumber's ledger and found, like, a, a yes. note on a visit to that, that um, address. But, yeah. I'm just turning the sound down for a bit. It might be a bit it's loud. It's a bit fucking loud, yeah. Is it, is it really? <laughs> it's mysteriously loud. I, I might put it in my museum. <laughs> anyway... Yeah. Here's one of the unscripted ones, so are you yep. ready for this? Yep. Have you heard the story of the Screaming Witch of Winchester? I've not. No. Well, in my museum of mystery out the back of my antique shop, I have a window frame, and within it there is no glass, no wiring or trickery, but if one puts one's ear to the frame... One can hear the screaming of a witch. Do you know why? Uh, Bluetooth? Uh, sorry, I hope the music's just stopped. I'd better put it on the loop. That's Hold all right, we've got, we got this yeah. one. So just not try to bring the vibe. Oh, that's right, then. Uh, Good. Sorry, I've just brought the vibe down a bit there. Um, No, it was just a quiet bit, actually. So uh, anyway, so let's start again. Do you know of of the mystery of the Screaming Witch of Winchester? No. Say say no. Good. Well, I'll tell you. So uh, uh, frame ear. Ah, but anyway, (laughs) so that's that's just brought us up to where we were. Anyway, (laughs) 500 years ago in, in the year 1672, there were some bloody assizes in Winchester where 17 witches were all hanged in one go for crimes against decency. Uh, one of those witches was a woman named Ethel, and Ethel had been imprisoned in a house just before she had been taken to be hanged, rather like the previous story, except for that house of tears, etc. Anyway, she, uh, at one point, uh, a crowd wow. gathered underneath the house, and uh, <laughs> she... And, and that sound happened. And she she was looking out of the window... And she saw the people at the bottom. They were all booing because she was a witch. And she said to them, Ah, I curse you all. And she started to scream. And all of the people put their hands to their ears. And all knelt down in front of her because of the screaming. The next day, she was taken to the Assizes. 
and was hanged at the neck until dead. However, the frame that she screamed through was cut out when the house was demolished to make way for a little. And that frame is the one which is out the back of my antique shop. And as I say, if you put your ear to it, you can hear the screaming witch Ethel of Winchester. <coughs> um, Excuse me. So the mystery there is how the the frame captured the scream. Yes, uh, I don't know <laughs> something. Well, I don't a... even know if it's a screaming. Actually, it might just be a, like a kind of a, 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 a sort of a, a, like the, the frame kind of squeaking or something, like a squeaky scream. That oh, a squeak, a, yeah, like a squeaky framey kind of scream. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I just sell the things. I mean, I don't really go into them that much. I, anyway. I bet that adds value to it though, because I bet you get all kinds of like occultists and magic people. Oh, it's forty nine ninety nine. That's pretty good for a witchy it is. frame. It is for a witchy frame. Yes, I might take it to auction or put it on flog it. Yeah, or um, or yes. you could set up on one of the stalls on bargain hunt. Um, oh, bargain hunt! Yes, we have a word for that program in the uh, antiques business, and it rhymes with bargain hunt. Oh, so, uh, that's not very nice though. To uh, no, Tim Wanacott. Well, I... Actually, it's not done by Tim Wanacott. It's done by that lovely Scottish lady. Uh, uh, Nicola Sturgeon. Yes, another mystery solved. Yes. Of course. Anyway, so. would would you like to hear one more mystery? Oh, sorry, we have got one more. I thought we would. I thought we were on the way out there. Go on, no, yeah, one more mystery. Were, there were three, and this is the third. Okay. Unless I can't count, which would be mysterious in itself. Read me your mysteries three. Have you heard, Sam, of the Baldock Triangle? I have, because I live there. Well, here we are then. I was walking around the other day, just around, and I noticed in a shop... Where were you walking? Walking around, and in Hertfordshire, I noticed there was a shop, an antique shop somewhere, I don't know, in Letchworth, up the Wind, I think. Mm. And And they were selling old maps, and I found a map of North Hertfordshire, and there on the map were the towns of Hitchin. Letchworth and Bulldog, and somebody had scratched, mind you, scratched, not drawn, mm, scratched with a that's fingernail. That's very mysterious. A triangle shape, quite a thin triangle, like a very small piece of cake, but it was a triangle nevertheless. And this triangle was the Bulldog Triangle. I did some research. And since 1977, 135 people have entered this mysterious area. Some hear a distant rumble, some see light. All of them have a feeling. Mm. And that map is in my antique shop. Dare you buy it. It's Fourteen ninety nine. Dare you buy the map of this mysterious area that one hundred and thirty seven, one hundred and thirty five? Sorry, people have entered. Uh, yeah, I'd like to buy that, please. Mm. Would, yes, it's, do you it's, offer a postal? No, I have an account on eBay. Okay, and what's your shop yeah. called? Nick it's called Nixon Knacks. It's in Emsworth on the south coast. 
135 people entered that mysterious area. Well, they the um they all came back, but I'm just saying, 137 people entered this area. At least, maybe, and, maybe and, more. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't as really a local, know. um, yeah. people people uh, who who are born here never seem to be able to leave. Like for instance, you know, I tried to leave the town, um, mm. but uh, no, just got dragged back in. So now. Um, I'm cursed wow. with that, that situation where you're always bumping into people you went to school with. Maybe it's the Tesco's on the roundabout on the way out of Bulldog. That's quite attractive. Yeah, I mean, lots of people like to visit that. That's got some bright lights inside. Um, and it has a railway station. It's a commuter town. Perhaps that's the attraction. Yeah, I mean it's uh, you, it, it's mm. got a fire, it's got a, its own fire station, um, mm. it's got a secondary school, a selection of primary schools, excellent and array of um, cafes on the high street, and it's but, very close to Arlesley. Yeah, people struggle with saying that they call it Arlesley or Arlesley. Uh, yes, and it's quite close to Stokeumber. Oh no, Moggerhanger, sorry, Mogger. It's near Moggerhanger. Stogumber's in uh, Somerset, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, Clifton, Moggerhanger, out that way, Shefford. Oh, yes. Stotfold. Yes. Royston. Most... Stotfold may be the most mysterious place of all in the United Kingdom. Do you know what? I was picnicking there just the other day. Um, <coughs> I was. Yes. yes. But I'm going to leave it as a mystery as to what I ate on that picnic. <laughs> I'm glad you've left it as a mystery because doing this voice is making my throat hurt. So I'd like to stop, Sam. Okay, uh, that's fine. I'll let you go, Hinton. Thank you very much. I'll just play us out with the jingle if I could find it. But I've got so, so many windows open. Uh, oh, it's hot out, isn't it? It is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, hold on a minute. Any minute now. I am Hinton Abner, curator of the Museum of the Mysterious. The Mysterons. Come in. Yes. You can if you want, but beware. Before you are things more mysterious than the human mind can comprehend. There we go. Well, that was fascinating, wasn't it? I have forgotten about that interview, but I thought that went really yeah, well. The, didn't it? Yeah, the uh, the frame was really really interesting. I like I like the idea that like things, locations can capture like voices, like almost record it because there's oh that's stone tape theory, isn't it? Yeah, where they think that like the bricks of a house are what record like they they've got a, like a little cassette built in where they can record events and stuff. That's right. I've heard that. It is complete bullshit, but it is an interesting thing, though. Yeah. I, I was convinced that my old flat was haunted. Um, oh, yeah. Because whenever I was drunk in the flat, or yeah. when I'd like, come in after a night out, remember when you used to be able to go on a night out, that kind of thing? Oh, I remember that in the old days, yeah. Yeah. And I'd come back, and then I'd like sort of see shadows over my shoulder and stuff like that. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and I used to think it was haunted. Probably just because I was pissed. 
I felt it needed a Dixie horn at that point, but I think it, it, in reflection, it didn't, did it? No, no, I was genuinely scared. <laughs> I mean, I, I I had this recurring dream when I um when I lived oh, yeah. there. Uh, yeah. I would uh, I used to like wake up screaming and like shaking, having full on night terrors because um mm. I would have this dream of me just sitting in my bed and the room around me was as it was in real life, and uh, I would watch myself walk in through the door. Like mm. I'd be in bed, but I'd also see myself walking through the door. And I would come over to me and uh, like just try and uh, strangle me in my own bed, and I I like couldn't move away and stuff. Like that. And then I just wake up screaming. So and that's no. never happened at the new house. Yeah. <laughs> life's crazy, isn't it? But I tell you what, when life hands you lemons, make lemonade. And uh, if life hands you a job lot of lemons, I'm talking a kilogram sack of lemons for yeah. under a fiver. You've got to take that deal. You've got to, especially if it's at Costco. It is at Costco. It is. Is it really? Yeah, I think they've got something on about lemons. Uh, my mate Steve was telling me. Uh, oh, yeah. Let me just check it up. Lemons at Costco. I tell you what, while you're checking up, do you remember I set a quiz earlier on to the, the thousands of Oh, yeah, of the Mad Men. Yes, that's right. So um, uh, Barry from uh, Barry, interestingly enough, says... Uh, was it one of Bert's Rothko paintings? No, it wasn't. Um, uh, Derek from Manneaton, um, uh, yeah, says, uh, was it uh, Roger's underwear? No. So, uh, no, nobody's got the right answer. So the answer is what that in, in season seven, Peggy goes on a date with somebody and they go to an Italian restaurant and they're looking at the menus for this Italian restaurant. We bought one of the menus. I would have never got that. Um, no. But I, I, I didn't, yeah, I, I didn't get through to that season, so it doesn't mean a lot to me. But to, I'll pass it on to my girlfriend. She'll probably go crazy and start Absolutely. talking about Dan Draper. Oh, Mad Men was one of the greatest television programs ever made, I have to say. Like the set yeah. design was amazing. It was just the characters, the act, the the acting, the storylines, mm. the 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 historical references, the 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 mise en scène. Everything about it was just genius. The, the fact that it makes you want to stop giving up smoking and start again. Well, that's right. Yeah, I mean they uh, they all smoked herbal cigarettes on the set, but apparently they had a. Um, <clears throat> they had a big fan in the ceiling that um, that would take away all the smoke in between takes. Blimey. Is that true? It is, yeah, because I listened to the David Tennant podcast with John Hamm the other day, and uh, that's what uh, they said. I you see. Whenever I see, I, it makes me want to. It makes me want to have a cigarette whenever I see like a TV show where there's loads of smoking. It's probably good mm. that there isn't so much of it on anymore. It's um, funny, every, every time I watch Mad Men, it makes me want to set up a, an ad agency on Madison Avenue in New York in the 1960s. Yeah. But you never do, though, do you? You never do. No, nah, you uh, just, yeah. when you're watching it, you sort of get into it, and then, then yeah. once you sort of escape out of that world into the drudgery of real life, you know, perhaps if you have to pause it to have a wee, and then you look mm. at the state of your bathroom. Um, well, I, I when I watch James Bond films, you know, I watch those... And then the minute I get out of the cinema, 
I um I go skiing down a mountain and have loads of other people following me on skis trying to shoot me, and then I ski over a ski lodge, and then uh, um uh, yeah. Are you sponsored by skis? Um, have I said skis more than once? I think you said it so many times it doesn't sound like a word anymore. Do you do you fancy a yogurt? I really fancy a yogurt for some reason. I've gone practically vegan now, so it would have to be like an old old pro uh, yogurt, one of those soya ones. What? Not a not a long term thing though. You'd... Well, pretty much so. Yeah, yeah. Although I did have a bacon and avocado roll today, but that's only because they had nothing at all that was vegan. So I just went for the the most vegan option I possibly could. And the most vegan option was bacon. Yeah, well, they didn't have anything that they they didn't. Well, what I mean is they had things that didn't have meat in, but they had dairy in. Oh, I see. Do you know what I mean? So I could have gone for a vegetarian option. But you went for the vegan option because it didn't have eggs. Yeah, I went. I went for the non-dairy. You know, if I can't get if I can't get uh, vegan, I just go for non-dairy. Because to be honest, it's the dairy bit that I don't like. The the meat bit I'm okay with. It's the dairy bit that I'm. Oh, what, like the sort of ongoing torture of animals, sort of like being hooked up to the Matrix, but instead of like, they're just extracting milk. Well, that's it, yeah. So I am am kind of 90% vegan at the minute, but every now and again there's some fish and there might be some meat because I didn't want to give up meat and fish entirely. No, uh, I I told you, remember, um, go on. I think I'm doing something for the planet. Yeah, well, that can yeah. only be a good thing. I, I, loads of um, loads of meat eating friends that I have are now doing like meat free weekends, or they're trying to not eat meat in the week and stuff. Absolutely, just, just for that reason. I remember I went to a chip shop in Norfolk, and yeah. um, I'd, I'd been going there all week, and they um, they gave me a um, they'd been giving me chips. And I, yeah. I've been getting these vegetarian pancake roll things. I, I, the normal bloke that was in there was out. His missus was um, uh, in charge mm. of the shop. And uh, I said, oh, can I have a vegetarian pancake roll and a large chip? She's like, yeah, just to let you know, they're not actually vegetarian. Everything here is cooked in beef dripping. Oh, yeah. And I was furious. I was so annoyed. And she was like, is that okay? And I I think I just walked out because I'd been eating beef dripping chips all week and they'd, it had a green V next to it on the sign. It's just, it's the stuff nightmares are made of. Absolutely. I, yeah. I can't think anyone in the world would have gone through anything so horrible as that or, or even worse. No, that's right. I mean, if it, you know, it's just the idea of beef dripping, just dripping itself. I mean, just oozing just putting a cow in a field and then just putting like stuff to collect the stuff that drips off of it underneath and then actually adding that to food i mean that just seems obscene to me to be perfectly honest extracting the cow sweat yeah and then cooking with it i mean it's revolting and think about the other stuff that drips off of cows as well because it's not just sweat is it no, it's I mean, no, well, the amount of farting they do, they're bound to follow through. Well, I mean, when they go for a, you know, when they go for a piss, you know, they don't, and they, they if they don't shake properly, you know, there's... Well, how just, can they with hooves? Well, that's it, because they, they can't manipulate the hooves around their, um, their, their you know, their bovine uh, extremities, can they? Their... Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's just it just doesn't it just it's just awful all round, isn't it? I mean, it, it's that, just dawned what, on me. I told yeah. that story in the food episode, didn't I? 
Did you really? I think, yeah. Oh, we'll oh, get I into think... that repeat thing. Should we just do a best of episode? <laughs> I think every episode is a best of episode, really, isn't it? I've got an update on the lemon situation. Go on, then. Yeah, what's, it, what's your update? Then? It yeah. appears against all odds that I was confused and I was incorrect. Um, it's actually lemon juice they've got an offer on. And um, if you buy it in a two-litre uh, amount, mm. it's only five quid. And it says uh, it says on the listing, squeezed from about 40 fresh lemons. They don't have an exact amount. No. Not from concentrate, no added water. I mean, this is like Walter White, pure shit, man. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, uh, what can you say? I mean, you, you can go for like 100% purity, but, you know, it'll kill you in the end, doesn't it? it? Oh, God, man, you have that on your pancakes and the, the face you pull, it's so sour, man. It is. It's like, it's well sour, isn't it? Proper sour. Um, just just before we go, I noticed that Modern Morrissey says, did anyone see the family that went missing while skiing in Italy? It was on BBC One's Close Calls, hosted by Nick Knowles. They were missing for the night and were found in the morning. It was a close call. That could have been one of the mysteries that we would have talked about. Yeah. That's, that does sound, you know, where does a family go? You know, where and would Did you anyone go? see them? Yeah. Did they just cease to exist for that evening? That's right. Did they go into another dimension, into a parallel universe, into a, you know... In the in the Vinden Woods? In the Vinden Woods, that's right, with uh, with Mikkel and, uh, and, all, and, and all the other ones. You haven't met Adam yet, and, have you? Yeah, I've met Adam. I'm in oh, Series yeah. 2 now. Oh, you're in Series 2, so you've met Adam. So do you know who well, Adam I'm, is? I'm, I'm early on in Series 2. And I don't so, want to give any spoilers, but he's just told a younger character that he is them. Ah, so you know who Adam is now. Well, I'm not convinced because I thought, you know, anyone could go anyone could go back in time and say, yeah. oh, I'm you from the future. And you'd be like, are you? I can't tell. You're all burnt. You could literally be anyone and just tell them <laughs> that you're you just to recruit yeah. them. Yeah. Wait till you get into Martha in season three. Oh, I've I've been told by a few people who have finished it that the ending is wildly interesting, annoying. It leaves so many questions. There's you, an, you finished it? Oh yeah, no. There's a website you can go onto that explains everything. So uh, just just type in dark and um, it will explain everything you need to know. See, what they should be is it should explain everything up to that point. So you should be able to click on, like, season two, episode one, and it would explain everything that's happened up to that point. Yeah. Because I you, just think, you, like, you, I, I see people who I haven't seen for 15 years now since, mm. like, primary school, and I still recognise them. Yeah. Like, surely if you you see someone, like, your son has gone missing, and then you see someone who's 33 years older than your son that looks exactly like them, you'd recognise them. You would do, yeah. But but this is TV, though, isn't it? Everything works different in TV. Yeah, in Germany. In Germany, yes, that's right, yeah. And on that bombshell... What, what, are, you, what are you cooking tonight? Uh, I think we're reheating some uh, Chinese takeaway that we had uh, yesterday. Oh, very Good. nice. I could bash in a Chinese takeaway tonight well we ordered far too much as you might imagine so um so yeah so we've got Chinese takeaway to have again tonight so very nice um, I'll be having all the vegetables and the rice because I am a, I am a vegan that's what very, we do very nice 
Modern Morrissey's put, I could bash in an Indian. Has he? Yeah. He'd go go for an Indian rather than a Chinese takeaway. Yes, he would do, wouldn't he? Yeah, no, it's it's an interesting... um, I find that it's easier to go veggie with the... uh, with the um, Indian, Indian takeaway than it is the Chinese. Oh yeah, although you've got to be careful with ghee, haven't you? Because uh, yeah, if they whack a load of ghee in it, I mean that's like eating an entire pat of butter in one go, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I never get the. I like a really oily curry rather than a creamy one. I, I mean, I know mm. most of it's like coconut milk and all that, all that jazz, mm. but I, I like a really hot tomatoey oily one. And plus the fact ghee is often a, um, a, a really important component of a curry, isn't it? Yeah. In fact, it's one of the ghee elements. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, I can't think of anything um, else now. Geepers creepers? No, no, let's not do that well, what a way to end the podcast. Just hilarity and just... Yeah, just japery, fun times, <laughs> lots of well, laughs. Lots of laughs, yeah. It's been a crazy episode, but a mysterious one at that. But, um, it has. Yes, I'm I'm going to go and in, uh, enjoy my heated up vegetarian now. Um, Modern Morrissey says, thank you very much for another brilliant podcast. I'm going to call in on Sunday. You do that. We will. What are we going to do next Sunday, Sam? Was it the American? Episode? Yeah, the American. We could we could interview Morrissey about what life is like in in LA. Absolutely, yeah. He'd be able to tell us about all the crazy things he gets up to, all the all the stuff he does on Sunset Strip, and yeah, and, hanging and out what, with the Sparks Brothers. Yeah, yeah. We could definitely definitely go for that one, couldn't we? See if he can explain away that. Yeah. Goodbye, Sam. Bye. Bye for now. See ya. The Sacred Cow. E-I-E-I-O.